This is the American Association of Orthodontists, the Business of Orthodontics podcast, episode six. Welcome. I'm Pam Paladin. My guests for today's podcast is Kevin Dillard, the AAO's general counsel, and Dr. Gary Boffman, the speaker of the AAO House of Delegates. In our first segment, Kevin will explain circumstances in which your practice may be subject to the U.S. Truth in Lending Act. In our second segment, Dr. Boffman will join us with a preview of the upcoming 2015 House of Delegates meeting in San Francisco. Thanks for joining us today, Kevin. Thank you, Pam. Kevin, uh, not too long ago, I think in late April, the eBulletin did a short article uh, on the uh, U.S. Truth in Lending Act and talking about circumstances when it could affect members' practices. Can you first uh, explain a little bit about the Truth in Lending Act and its purpose and, and who operates it? Sure. Well, it was begun in, in 1968 by the Federal Reserve Board. And it, the, the purpose is pretty simple. It's to make sure that consumers are made aware by whatever institution that they're borrowing money from. Uh, it's made clear what the amount that they're going to be paying in interest over time, uh, what the annual percentage rate uh, will be, and just basically making finance charges transparent to the consumer. Who operates this now? In 2011, the power to enforce truth in lending disclosure and uh, other regulations shifted to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is one of the new agencies created under the Obama administration to enforce uh, new regulations. If members, Kevin, are not charging interest, which is pretty typical when they offer in-house financing, can they just ignore the Federal Truth in Lending Act? If they are truly not charging any interest to any consumer, then they can completely ignore it. I think the devil there is in the details, that a lot of times maybe what a doctor may not consider interest will be considered interest by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. What kinds of circumstances are you talking about? What would be interest that that a doctor wouldn't think is, is not interest, but someone else would? Yeah, I think I think the sneakiest way that they're going to fall under this Disclosure Act is offering a lump sum discount for a cash payment up front instead of offering an extended payment period, I think like most orthodontists do. If you offer that lump sum discount up front for the same service that you're going to extend credit for over a period of time, more than four installments especially, the amount of that lump sum discount is actually an interest charge in a backwards kind of way. So if you're going to offer a lump sum discount in order to induce payment up front or in order to incentivize the patient slash consumer to pay up front as opposed to uh, long-term payments, then that is considered an interest charge by the CFPB. This may be news, though, to many members. Uh, judging by the number of calls that we re we've received, I, I think it is, and I can completely understand the confusion because you typically don't think of a lump sum discount as an interest charge. But the fact is that courts have held unanimously, so far as I know, that such lump sum discounts are, in fact, considered an interest charge under the Truth in Lending Act. When you were describing earlier uh, the, the purposes of the U.S. Uh, Truth in Lending Act, you were referring to institutions. I guess our, our members don't necessarily consider themselves lending institutions. R right. The Truth in Lending Act was meant to cover any business, lending institution, bank, company that, that offers the option to pay for services or, or goods over a course of time. And, and very quickly, I mean, there are four requirements, and these are all inclusive. So all four have to apply to your business, in this case, your orthodontic practice, in order to 
have to comply with the regulation. Number one, you have to actually offer the credit to the the patients or the parents of patients. It has to be done regularly. It has to be done more than 25 times per year, which again, I think those first two uh, requirements are usually met by the majority of orthodontists, I would say. Um, the credit is subject to a finance charge. So, you, you know, like I said, the lump sum discount w- would qualify as a finance charge. Or if you... Um, simply tack on an extra added percentage rate for those extended payments. Now, if you have the same rate, either for a lump sum up front or over time, and you truly do not charge any interest, meaning that it's uh, if your case is $5,000 up front, it's going to be $5,000 spread out over time with no interest rate, then that doesn't uh, make you fall into this Disclosure Act. And then, of course, the fourth one is easy to meet, is that the credit is extended for family or household purposes, which this would be healthcare purposes. So does this apply only to people who are offering the lump sum discount or, or people who also offer in-house financing? As long as the in-house financing is subject to an interest charge, then it's going to apply to those orthodontic offices. Again, assuming that it's more than four installments and that you're offering it to more than 25 patients per year. So more than four installments is something that's um, something they should keep in mind. Absolutely. Kevin, I understand that if uh, members have additional questions, they can go to the member website, aaoinfo.org, and in the legal and advocacy section, there is a truth in lending subsection with an article that they can refer to. Is that right? That's absolutely right. There's a legal summary that, that answers the most frequently asked questions, and also, importantly, the last page of that, it also has a sample disclosure form, which the CFPB does not issue any standard model form. Uh, it just says that certain things have to be in that form, and that in, in what we provide uh, accomplishes that goal. Great. And any other questions, people can also call us at 800-424-2841 and ask for you or Kathy DiPrimo in our legal department. Probably a good thing always to, uh, to caution members to err on the side of caution. Absolutely. Let's take a short break, and when we return, Dr. Gary Boffman, Speaker of the AAO House of Delegates, will join us. What makes me smile? Cheeseburgers make me smile. My kids make me smile. And I like to smile, thanks to my orthodontist. My dentist said go to a specialist. Orthodontists have the training. The experience. And the treatment options, like clear aligners and braces. For my best smile. Now, my smile makes me smile. For your best smile, find an AAO orthodontist at mylifemysmile.org. The American Association of Orthodontists. Welcome back to the Business of Orthodontics podcast. I'm Pam Paladin with Kevin Dillard, the AAO's General Counsel. We're pleased to welcome a very special guest to the podcast, Dr. Gary Boffman, who is Speaker of the AAO House of Delegates. Welcome, Dr. Boffman. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Pam. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. You know, the House of Delegates meets at every AAO annual session, so nothing will be different in San Francisco when we, when we meet there very soon. The House will be meeting uh, on Friday, May 15th, and Monday, May 18th. There may be some members in our audience who may not be familiar with the House. For those people, would you briefly describe 
the purpose, duties, and process of the AAO House of Delegates? I'd be happy to, Pam. First of all, the purpose of the House of Delegates is the ultimate legislative body of our organization. Every organization has a government, and the government involves the Board of Trustees, in our case, as well as the House of Delegates. And the House of Delegates has the ultimate responsibility for enacting legislation that affects everything that the AAO does and stands for. Including the budget. Including the budget, absolutely. <laughs> Dr. Boffman, your, your official title with the House is Speaker of the House of Delegates. Is that similar to what the uh, Speaker of the House of Representatives is in Washington? Well, it is in the context that the Speaker of the House is on the podium and is the uh, presiding officer of the association at all the House of Delegates meetings. Uh, the Speaker, with the help of General Counsel, sets the agenda for the House and makes sure that all the conversations are in order and directs the two days, at least, of, of all legislative activity. I have had the privilege of attending the House of Delegates a few times during my career here at AAO. It's fascinating. For members who haven't gone, do you think they should make it a point to attend the House? What kinds of things can they learn about their association? Oh, I absolutely think it's worthwhile for our members, young members, older members, anyone that really cares about our organization. As I mentioned earlier, the House of Delegates is a democratic process, and everything that happens on behalf of the AO happens at the House of Delegates. It's represented by uh, members from each constituent throughout our country, 64 voting delegates, a number of alternate delegates as well, and uh, it's really lively with debate and uh, bringing people together for the right reasons. Can you give us a preview of some of the topics that you expect are going to be discussed and voted on at this year's House? Well, they're repeating topics from year to year, but this year in particular, there'll be uh, resolutions to discuss continuation of the consumer awareness program known as the CAP, and we do that every few years, and that's going to be a big issue this year. The Governance Task Force this year will be submitting a number of resolutions in order to uh, streamline our government, make it more diverse and more inclusive of our membership, and those issues and concerns will be uh, front and center in this year's House. Great. Are AAO members able to weigh in with their own opinions on the resolutions that are coming before the House? Yes, certainly, Pam. AAO members may go to the AAO website and view all the resolutions that uh, have been posted thus far and will be discussed at the House. And I think you're going to offer them a link later in the presentation that they may go and see those resolutions themselves. Additionally, at the House of Delegates, there's a hearing called the Reference Committee Hearings. They're open to any AAO member. A person may go and listen, make comment. You don't have to be in leadership. You don't have to be on the Board of Trustees or a, a delegate to the House of Delegates. They're open to any AAO member to come and listen and partake in the discussions. It's and your it's organization. It is fascinating, too. Dr. Boffman, this House and I can hardly believe it, this is going to mark the end of your three-year term as Speaker of the House of Delegates. You have done some wonderful things. What kinds of accomplishments are you most proud of? Well, that's a tough question to answer. I'd want to say, first of all, that I, I've been doing House of Delegates work for the last 20 years. I served as a delegate on the other end of the microphone for 20 years, giving my opinions as a PCSO delegate and then the chair person of the PCSO delegation. And then the last three years as Speaker of the House, my role is totally reversed. 
I no longer have an opinion on anything. I have to be totally impartial, totally neutral. And that's been a real learning curve for me to learn parliamentary procedure to the point that I can offer expert opinion uh, to the House members of the House. That's been a real challenge, but at the same time, quite a bit of uh, uh, fun for me to take on this new role. We may have future delegates, future speakers of the House of Delegates in our listening audience. What words of encouragement can you offer to our members who may be considering involvement in governing and and leading the AAO? Yes, Pam, we need new leadership uh, constantly to replace people that have served terms and are now termed out, if we can use that expression. Um, The challenges to our organization are many. The challenges to our profession are many. And it's going to take young, bright minds to lead us into this new century and improve the AO's position. By the way, our organization is wonderful. I've enjoyed every single year of service to the AO. And sooner or later, for all of us, it does come to an end. So uh, for young people, uh, be involved, stay involved, care about your organization. Don't leave it for someone else to do. Be, make the change. Make a difference yourself. Great advice from the AAO Speaker of the House, Dr. Gary Boffman. And by the way, there will be a link posted to resolutions for the 2015 House of Delegates that will be included with the notes of this podcast. Dr. Boffman, thank you so much for joining us on the Business of Orthodontics podcast. Thank you, Pam, for having me here. I appreciate it very much. And that's a wrap for Episode 6 of the AAO's The Business of Orthodontics podcast. Thanks to Kevin Dillard, AAO's General Counsel, for sharing your advice with AAO members. Information on truth in lending and answers to other legal questions can be found on the member website, aaoinfo.org. And thanks, too, to Dr. Gary Boffman for taking time to chat with us about the 2015 House of Delegates meeting. Join us for future podcasts as AAO experts explore questions and issues that are important to you in your orthodontic practice. If you have subject areas you'd like to have addressed on a future podcast, please email them to info at aaortho.org or call 800-424-2841. This is Pam Paladin. Thanks for listening to the Business of Orthodontics podcast, Episode 6.